Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Event Brew. This right here is Mr. Will Kern from Endless Events. This is 2ED Free Agent. <laughs> Woo! Uh, this is Nick Burley from Burley Strategies, someone you can hire to help you with uh, experience design strategy. <laughs> hey, what's with the blog? <laughs> not, not, uh, not a capacity, let's say. <laughs> uh, what do you guys got in your, uh, in your cups today that you guys are drinking? I'm, uh, you know, sorry, you know us. I feel yeah. like you got. I feel here. I'll go first. It's because tea and poison. <laughs> um, I'm drinking another very fresh organic juice. I think this one has like apples, maybe celery, pineapple oh, celery. in it. Celery, mm -hmm. yeah, it kind of looks like baby throw up, but it How tastes delicious. Juice, uh, juice of celery, you just like grind it up until it's fresh, infinitely small. No, you put it through the uh, the pressure the. Oh. But isn't celery made up of water? So you're just squeezing water out of celery? Yeah, but celery, like juice, it's like watermelon juice. So there's water in all fruits, right? That you're yeah, okay. Never mind. I, I'm yeah. A, if you're a food expert, let us know. You know about <laughs> juice. You can, you can juice. Will only knows spinach. about cow juice. Yes, spinach, that's true. Kale. Cow juice. Uh, very true. I'm drinking, oh, milk. drinking uh, some tea, green tea, as always, guys. Drinking that tea. Two has been departing from the tea group. Oh, Nick, what do you got? Yeah. My uh, my beverage uh, proudly proclaims contains zero percent juice. Uh, however, unlike our uh, three people today, uh, this is a product of Canada. Uh, my Wegman's Diet Wedge Cherry Fruit uh, Grapefruit Soda. So uh, I'll pour some of this out in the ground uh, for uh, Dustin for not being here. Oh, Dustin, where are you, Dustin? We miss you. He's in Canada. He heard yeah, we were talking yeah. about something that was like American politic adjacent, and he was like, <laughs> and I'm out. He's peace, peace. Well, he did, he did ask us to make fun of Will throughout, like we don't already, so <laughs> I'll make sure that happens for you, Dustin. Yeah, if you can crack some Will jokes, uh, definitely get them in while you can. So uh, today we are talking about the headlines uh, ripping across the United States um, that the Republic National Convention um, is going to be moving from Charlotte, um, well, only doing one day in Charlotte, to now Jacksonville, Florida, um, and hosting an in-person convention. They are one, you know, not no no decisions to go 100% virtual on this one. Uh, so wanted to kind of uh, get the event brew reaction and see what you guys think. Are you surprised, Tui? I mean, I already have a headache thinking about this. I didn't know Trump was from Florida. Is that true? Yeah. That's his hometown? That makes so much sense. Wait, Jacksonville's his you hometown? Think that, no, that Flor tan. oh, well, Florida. I mean, is that that's not a natural tan. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> well, we Next you're going to tell me that's not his natural hair color. And then we're gonna be <laughs> we, that's we just not his natural hair. 
Before sorry. we get too political, <laughs> in it, I want to. Ha- I uh, want the event spin on this one. Oh, so like, sorry, okay, not the hair so, spin. I mean, I'll just come out talking about it from an event professional because it doesn't matter what your political affiliation with this is. I mean, hmm. I guess it does, but in some ways. But I personally like had an immediate like knee jerk, like almost angry reaction when I read about this because. I feel that in a time where we're all talking about, you know, going to closing and everything like that and staying far away from each other, you know, an event professional just now decided, hey, we're going to bring together thousands of people in one single spot. Um, And kind of my I guess my 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 prediction, I'll say my prediction for a little bit later, but I was just like, wow, I can't believe people are actually going to be put a thousand couple thousand people in one single room together in a time where. In Arizona, we're at the largest day over day um, case uh, numbers than we've ever had. And that's obviously Arizona, um, but I'm sure Florida isn't doing quite hot either. So I want to see what you guys think. Have you guys ever uh, had the opportunity and the the, the sheer fun of uh, being involved at a DNC or an RNC? You have. I have. I have. Uh, it's um, it's insane. Um there are, uh, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vermin Supreme will be there. Uh, I don't know if you know Vermin Supreme. He runs for president every year. He wears a giant boot on his head and has a beard to his uh, navel uh, and gets on a soapbox and, and does poetry. Um, every lunatic in the world is outside and they are on all sides of everything, of sides you didn't know existed. Uh, and it's just this insane uh, thing. Like when I was there for, uh, in Cleveland, when it was here in my town, uh, there was lots of, uh, you know, uh, people, it wasn't civil discourse. It was a lot of, uh, killery shirts. And well, I mean, you brought up also a good point. I think we were talking about this pre-show is that a lot of people come like, this is like, like super bowl level yeah. status of an event, but it happens every four years. That's a good question. I, I forget um, how many people will be there. Is yeah. that your question? Yeah. Um, we have one article. I mean, like, no one's saying the number of on here, but I have this article from News for Jacks, um, which is like their local news channel that says that event is expected to bring tens of thousands of people in an mess- estimated $100 million economic boost to Northeast Florida. Yeah. And there was a, uh, a projected $200 million uh, uh, re- revenue generation for Charlotte, uh, the year that it was chosen a year ahead of time as the host town. Like if you see the logo of the RNC, uh, for 2020, you know, their, their, their logo is Charlotte and it features Charlotte imagery. Um, and the, the overwhelming majority of this event will take place in Jacksonville, Florida. One day of pre-functionary uh, voting and such will take place in kind of a meeting setting uh, as it was initially intended for day one. And then the uh, circus uh, gets on the road and goes to Florida where, you know, the, the laws are a little a little more lenient when it comes to rolling dice. Um, I don't know. I, I, this could be this could be fire festival. Ooh, the fire festival, but like bigger. Yeah. With governmental implications. I mean, these are these are also like significant 
brands that are generally associated with it more on the DNC than the RNC, but there there's all these activations and smaller events like the, the, the children of Liberty and the, this of that, and the group of the, the West Virginian, you know, coat of arms that there's all these like small little political groups that all come and have their events in town at the same time. So like the, you'll have your dead center event um, and, and everyone in town as a capacity from a supplier standpoint, like, Every single event company historically, when it comes to the RNC or DNC, um, is is absolutely at capacity. And in fact, everybody brings in people that they know from other cities to help them, you know, accommodate for it. Um, and that was true in Philadelphia for the DNC in 2016, where I knew people that that flew up to Philadelphia to support suppliers that were there. So, like, it is, it, it it's like. Unlike, like, say, a what's an annual event that always takes place in the same city, like a Detroit auto show, like a good example, or an Indy 500. Like those are kind of middle market cities, let's say, uh, that uh, have capacity stretching abilities one time a year, every single year to accommodate for this insane thing happening. Uh, and they base their whole schedule on that. This is totally different where people make like dis- like buying decisions based on like product and like. I remember like a lot of people buying tons and tons and renting even more so at, 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 you know, with less money because it's politics. They don't, they don't spend money well um, with all of the trust that was moved into town. Like I remember seeing just like legions of trucks with trust and um, they have to, you know, set up all these like little stages all over the place. Like so many stage decks, so much trust, so much lighting. And um, again, these, the, this is purchase decisions and staffing decisions that were made for Charlotte uh, a year ago, you know, people started gearing up for this and making these relationships. Uh, and then that's been moved. Number one, that's like a crazy thing with contracts and everything else. Number two, um, the people that are going to scramble to have that happen in Florida, uh, all of that, like outside of a pandemic, this would be an insane story. And then yeah. you layer the pandemic on it. And it's just like, I, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, especially at a live event, you know, but like, mm-hmm. This is going to be um, it's going to be loud either way. Like if it if it if it's successful, think about that. What do you think about that, Tui? Okay, so uh, imagine the scenario: Ooh. you're you're a Charlotte event company, and they've decided to move their event, and you you had a bunch of plans, and you had a bunch of suppliers, and you're ready to go, and you you know like those events are not taking place now. And let's say it it moves to Florida, and everyone is fine. How do you, what do you feel about your lawmaker who said that, you know, basically you can't do that? Do you give them the benefit of the doubt because they had your best interest? Like no one com- gets COVID? Like it, everything it goes It doesn't spike. Well. Like it, it, it's within acceptable, you know, like it, 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 it turns out wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, I'm not, this is not the likely situation in my opinion, but let's say that happens. Are, no. you, are you mad at your legislation? Ugh, this one is so tough because I feel like I have such like strong opinions and I don't know if I want to say it on air and it's like well, you're in California so me, you probably yeah for me it's like duty of care then we just like yeah. went back to that regardless of what okay. I don't know and when yeah right when everyone That's respectable but now here's the question will the public think that too like we, we think that maybe but then like are, is a majority of people going to be like, you just lost us $200 million of injectable income when like our entire economy is crashing? Is that like, Fort, how Fort Lauderdale you? mayor or whatever that said yes to this? Like, uh, let's say things go okay. 
that guy's a hero. You know, that guy, that guy in it like came in at the last second, figured it out and brought, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars into the local economy, especially now when I think most businesses really need it. Like it could have been like, you know, like the hero of the COVID era, you know, like he, he pulled us up. Now think about the opposite. Oh, that's what, what I'm mostly thinking what about. <laughs> Charlotte's going to become the hero, and yeah. then Fort Lauderdale is going to become like the enemy, state, state of the enemy, or whatever. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. So yeah, you know, he we could have made a hundred million dollars more, jobs lost, etc. Who's the Who's the mayor who killed like x amount of people? Right? Like you don't you don't walk that back. You don't like find a way to make that money up in some other way. Those are lives lost. So that's kind of a you know what I mean? Like you, you that's don't really, point. that's, that's playing dice with people's lives versus playing dice with people's money. Yeah. Um, which, you know, the my, lives and money are intrinsically tied, but, but lives and lives are, you know. <laughs> so, so I realize that probably anybody who like, uh, thinks that this is getting too political might've already tuned out by now, but if you're still hanging in there and you feel like this is leaning a lot politically, um, I was curious and I was like, you know what, what is the DNC doing? You know, and I was actually going to be really pissed if I didn't look this up before the episode and I started ranting about the RNC doing it. And then like DNC is like, we're doing the same thing, you know, or whatever it is. But um, I looked it up in an article yesterday, um, June 17th. It says that the DNC still doesn't know what they're doing um, and that they're like, it's two months away. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And but what's interesting, though, is that um, <laughs> restaurant owners and this is what's really dangerous about this is that one of the restaurant owners of a restaurant group says, you know, something's better than nothing. If so, so still, if 3000, 4000 or 5,000 people come in and it goes virtual, that's better than nothing. Right. I think restaurant tours at this point are in survival mode. Well, it's like, no, 3000, 4000 people coming together is worse than nothing. Like more people is not like I'll, if it's 10 people, that's the only time I'll say it's better than nothing because, you know, that's acceptable, maybe group size or whatever it is. And hopefully those people are all, you know, doing it the right way. But, you know, it's really interesting is that they're still kind of weighing in on what they're going to do, whether it's going to be 100% virtual or if it's going to be hybrid um, on there. But they they know it's going to be smaller. It says five, you know, uh, for example, apparently a quote Biden said, I'm comfortable with that versus the safest to do. I would much rather have a, I would much rather be large address a large convention, but it may be a relatively small space instead of 50,000, 5,000 and have events in other venues. I just don't know. So it sounds like they might even go that hub and spoke model we've talked about, but I I'm curious to know if now this news has come out, what's the DNC's reaction going to be to it, which will eventually get to my prediction. I think I'll talk about at some point, but what do you, what are your, your guys' kind of thoughts on this? I just feel like everyone's so divided. I think I'm yeah. just so disappointed. I feel like we're not like one, you know, even the, regardless of our beliefs, well, because we're professionals, regardless of, I get it all the time where, you know, one CEO wants this, a stakeholder wants that, but it's still like a line of respect and coming together. Can you imagine if our industry just like, I feel so like a lot of the work. problems. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah I mean, what with the Fort Lauderdale event industry, you know, cause we, we, I think we all know people in that, in the event industry in that area too. Like I think of like Jamie Orstano and uh, other people that like do a lot of business, you know, like he does a lot of business everywhere, but you know, in that area too. And like, I think of like, um, people who have the ability to say, um, you know, Hey, we're not going to, we're not going to do this because it's, you know, duty of care or whatever. And like, they could, they could put the, 
the grind to it. Um, I'd be curious to say, you know, if this year specifically with the desperation that exists in the live events industry, you know, like that would really be putting that to a test that I think would be, you know, in the midst of a famine essentially to, you know, also stick to your guns. Um, it would be, you know, the strongest people, I guess, but if they had a coalition, they might be able to pull it off. Um, I don't know. I, I do think like, I am kind of disappointed in the DNC for like not making a decision now too, because like, I think that it leaves a lot of, um, event industry people in Milwaukee, um, kind of stranded to not know what's going on there, you know, how they could potentially figure out a way to work with law, work, work with the CDC to create an environment that would be safe. You know, like I'm not, it's not necessarily a, you know, like, look, if they're going to do it anyway, you know, maybe responsible people working with the best people might be able to find a way to make it work, you know, or, or voice that. Um, so I think that 63 days out or something like that um, is, is, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but you plan, I mean, you plan an event for a thousand people two months out. You're, you're kind of, kind of yeah. war room focused right now. Imagine a hundred thousand, you know, or whatever it, it's um, it's a whole other, it's a whole other ball game. And I think that like, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed, you know, I am disappointed in the DNC for, you know, basically uh, sitting on the fence for this one. Uh, and not having some smart people come to the table and say like, here is, here's the best way to do this, um, you know, uh, without, without endangering lives. Uh, and every other organization, uh, major organization has made the decision, you know, for 2020 basically to not to do things like this. Uh, you know, so why, you know, why would they be on the fence about it? And I think that it's, it's, it's there's a little bit of like well if the one party is going to do it there's a showing of strength and weakness but um i think that you you basically um have to stick to your guns i mean i there's a big difference and again it, this is getting political again but it's hard not to because i think that this is this is actually kind of tied a little bit to their um the mindsets of of the different parties when it comes to this pandemic in a lot of ways um like if you see twitter uh, like Biden's um, profile is him with a mask on, you know? So like that's a, that's a statement in consideration versus like another candidate who went to a mask factory and didn't wear a mask. Uh, right. Like, it, you know, at least you could wear it there. That's what they make. Uh, so I, I think that there is something mission centric about both of these choices to some extent. Uh, that it, I think that we can't just say like, let's stay out of the politics of it. And I think that the politics are kind of guiding this decision-making process yeah. uh, in enough that we can't ignore that. I completely agree. And it, that's what's disheartening about it is because it's become political or, you know, like it's about yeah whatever the money and it's, I lost my train of thought, but I was going to say, um, yeah, like I, I wish people would, would look at kind of like focus on people's safety. I don't know. I'm like, like 2020 is just, it's just, I feel like, especially going into November, it's, it's done. Ooh, I'll be, I'll be in Canada. I feel like at this point, without, <laughs> I'm going right, to represent Canada with, <laughs> there's with so Dustin <laughs> coming for you. So I, I think it's an appropriate transition to kind of like share what I think my prediction is. And like, okay. I, I, I get it. I'm not a futurist and I could be wrong. I'm also the same guy who, uh, spoilers, by the way, if you uh, skip 10 seconds, if you don't want to hear my prediction on Tenant, wait for it, that I'm also under the the, the prediction that Tenant is a, a sequel to Inception. Spoiler. Ooh, cool. Um, but that, but anyways, I love to predict and things, but I could be wrong and I could be really, really wrong. 
but if I'm right, I'm gonna I want I want to make sure it's history books that maybe I said this. I think this is gonna be a turning point for the events industry. I think we're gonna look at the you know the 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 when we go back to the textbooks teaching the future event generation. This is gonna be a turning point for holding safe events, right? And I think that if it ends up happening and it's so successful, it's going to mark now the return of in-person events. But I think even if it even goes really poorly, it's still going to market because here, here's basically the thoughts that you guys have. And I think this is what you guys are afraid of and we're kind of vocalizing is that we – right now RNC is going to say we're going to bring 10,000 people and we're going to put them in a room, right? DNC is going to be like, what do we do? What do we do? If the DNC decides to do in-person in any sort of way, it's going to mark – for sure. Now, like immediately, everyone's gonna be like, well, they did it. No, they did it. Now look at all the people that aren't uh, national conventions related to politics. They're going to go, oh, well, if they did the RNC with 10,000 people in Jacksonville, I can do my convention with only 2,000 people. I'll do my convention with only 5,000 people, right? And it'll always be the, well, I'm not bringing as many people as them. You know, everybody's looking for that glimmer of hope at the end of the tunnel, right? And they're now going to see it. And it's almost like the mirage when you're on a freaking ship and you're going by and you're like, oh my God, look, or, or and you're in a uh, ship. In the desert? In the desert. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. <laughs> Arizona. Oh my! I watched some whale from Arizona, but it's almost like the mirage when you're in the desert. Right now, you're gonna see this like water fountain. You're like, oh my god, I gotta go for it, and you're gonna go jump into it. And it turns out it's a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, face masks that are infected with COVID all over it, right? But like, I think that it's gonna create a really dangerous slippery slope that's gonna start to happen. And I think this is gonna, whether we like it or not, is going to mark potentially that the the return of in-person events but it might be a bad reason when we think it shouldn't happen right now so that's yeah. my prediction i'm looking at like all the data i you know and what they're projecting two hundred thousand by october right now we're at like low hundred thousands and you both have just said this i love this is the perfect platform to be talking about tough conversations like this i love that we're talking about politics on event brew you know like because i think everyone has their opinions i know parents and kids are fighting because you know of like where they stand on on that and who they're voting for and, and everything and but this is important and this is something where lives are now at stake and we as the event industry should be talking about this and should be have like should have our opinions even if we disagree with each other or not like because we need to come together that's my whole thing it's just coming together and doing this because if one if these two uh, groups do it, then yeah, it, it opens up a can of worms to then others. You just, just me recently, like our ILEA LA installation, I was thinking, oh, maybe we'll do it in person. Maybe we'll do like 20 people caps or, you know, just the board. And we still, as a board, decline to do it. We're just going virtual because we, you know, we're trying to not kill people right now. We're trying to be as safe as possible. And that risk isn't worth it. So to think about all these people and, and that's, and even like I can talk pride fest. We just did the pride parade. I, I didn't go. I supported in other ways. Uh, all the black life matter protest. I went out of like the two weeks. I think they're still happening. I went to one on the beach safely with my mask on socially distanced from everyone. No, you know, like everyone had mask on. It was, and I felt safe and comfortable. And I think that's the thing when you take the money aside, when you take the um, the wins for these these groups, it's caring for the guests and that that attendee experience. And I think us as professionals, we understand that. And it's our job to 
make sure everyone's safe before anything else, before they see the the fancy tablescapes or they that entertainment groups goes on. It's making sure when you're designing, when I'm designing, everyone thinks it's pretty like, oh, you're putting together color palettes and it's no, I'm making sure that the tables are safely, you know, good fire marshalling approves, ADA regulations are in there, the the not so sexy part of it. That's where I start when I go into designing events. And this to me, this is why I'm like so discouraged by it because no one can agree. <laughs> and I just want, I'm like the girl from the Mean Girls, the one that doesn't even go to that school. She's like, I just want everyone to love each other and eat rainbows and whatever. <laughs> That's my view, viewpoint. Yeah, I, 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 I am right with you in, in as much That's as like, I wish we had more things that were not partisan, right? Like, there's going to be breakdowns in opinion and there's going to be uh, two to, you know, geez, there should be a lot more than two different viewpoints on things. I get that. But like we should have some nonpartisan issues and you would think safety would be a nonpartisan issue. Um, but it's, uh, you know, uh, it's politics are complicated. Bases are complicated. Messaging. A lot of this is really about sending messages, Right. Uh, is is complicated. Um, there's a there, the idea of a show of strength and a rally is is a thing that could potentially make huge impacts for decades. You know, like the right the right combination of how people feel about a candidate in their position in power and strength makes you potentially want to vote for that person or not vote for that person. And then that person in, in puts somebody on the Supreme Court for decades. Right. So honestly, like there, there is, there's a lot at stake, uh, and that with you know doing things the way that people see it and envision it from their point of view. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm trying to skirt the issue of right or wrong, but I am saying that uh, I, I do agree with you that I wish certain things were nonpartisan. And I think from the events industry perspective, I think many of us have taken money from different groups, you know, and not and not got politically involved in what they were about. I think that there's certain you know groups you would never do, but other ones. You have the ability to say, I'm not 100% on board with what, you know, your group is, but, you know, like I'll still be a professional in this, you know, way. Uh, and I and I think that like event groups have to make that decision in Jacksonville. Um, they have to do their due diligence. If you're, you know, somebody out there working on these events, you have to do, do your due diligence and say, okay, if this is going to happen, um, then you need to do everything within your control in order to make it as safe as possible. Uh, and if you can't, because your hands are tied, I would say walk away. I agree. I think definitely uh, let's make safety a bipartisan issue. Yeah. Rather than. It's than a core discipline. Point. It's not a fun thing you get to do. Like it's. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I think uh, that one uh, ties up really nicely. Um, I, I want to know from the audience what you think about this. Do you think that um, the RNC being in Jacksonville in the next coming months is a good thing, a bad thing? How do you think it's going to affect the industry? Let us know. Shoot us an email, eventbrew at helloendless.com, or tag us on social media, share this post, and see what your friends think. We want to get a conversation going as well. Let us know. Hashtag eventbrew. You know what to do. Well, we're still also waiting from some of you guys to let us know what you think we should uh, name our outro and intro outro, gentlemen. So shoot us over uh, an email as well. Let us know what you would like to name them. But then I think that'll do it for myself, Tui, and Nick. Thank you guys so much for uh, joining this awesome conversation. And uh, we'll see you guys all next time on Event Brew. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks again for listening to Event Proof. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Proof.